on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. It's not you, it's Facebook. A lot of Facebook ads accounts were mistakenly disabled on November 5th. We find out just when core web vitals will be a ranking factor and why it might not matter. But don't space out on the top trends for PPC marketing in 2021. Kevin Indig invested hundreds of hours into analyzing featured snippets. We invest hundreds of hours into analyzing Google's new jumping robot spider mascot. Nobody calls web professionals webmasters anymore. So Google went ahead and gave Webmaster Central a new name that is none of the above. <laughs> Plus, we drill into why Greg loves the dentist and L'Oreal's attempt at virtual glam makes up for what we naturally lack, the balloons. <laughs> All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on November 13th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another very exciting episode. Jess and I are in office this week. We don't quite have our studio set up yet, but that's coming. At least we're here. You're like 100 feet from me. <laughs> Is that more, more or less six. than six? It's more yeah. than six. We <laughs> oh, got to yeah, bring... We got to bring our studio machine up there, make sure everything's distanced, get the sneeze guards and all that. And then that luxurious, good audio should be coming your way in a week or two here. Yeah. So looking forward to it. And Greg is still in Ra-Cha-Cha for now. So what's going on over there? <laughs> well, I had to go to the dentist this morning and I didn't know what I was doing. I kind of forget. Like I go there and I just like push it out and think about like what I have to do in my life. And I had to get a crown. I didn't know how long it takes to do that. And mm. I was at the dentist and I realized I love the dentist. I think I might be the only person that, that actually loves the dentist. And I think it goes back to the fact when I was in college, I was working three jobs and like I had neglected my teeth and I was a senior in college and I had to get all this, like this work done. And I was working at an ad agency, making $0 working for free. I was working grounds, like doing like pavement and weed whacking chain link fence all day. And then I was doing, working at a car wash, a hack hole of a car wash, Delta Sonic here in Western New York. And that's a hot take. It's terrible. If you work there and you get paid uh, like a waitress, you don't get paid full wage. And the owner of the company came through and didn't tip. So that's what it is now. That's who, that's who they are. So okay. good luck if you support that company. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was like my one break. I had like all these dentist appointments and I like got in the dentist chair when I was in college and I would just be able to like relax for a second. And then I was like, yeah, you know, like now I can't do any work. Like this is like, I can't look, I don't kid. I can't even do anything. Like, you know, I can't watch a kid. 
Like I'm relaxing. So You're I like think a I'm hostage. Yeah. It's not real nice. I can't I do anything. Agree. I just like how my teeth feel after so much that I like really look forward to it. And um, one time I was asking the ladies who are cleaning my teeth about like how they use dental records to identify dead bodies. And it was so <laughs> fascinating. Only you would do that. <laughs> she knew about it though. She was able to like give you info. Oh yeah. That's amazing. They learned about it in dental school. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. In case they want to grow up and fight crime. <laughs> What about you, Jess? What's going on over there? Oh, goodness. Well, I had really fruitful sleep last night. I fell asleep on the couch at like 9.30. I was like mid-conversation with Sarah and Cole that work with us. And I, I just fell asleep with my phone in my hand. And I tell you what, I've been married for eight years and I can still be surprised. I woke up because my husband was standing over me laughing. <laughs> he had switched my cell phone out for a banana. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the picture in the show notes. It's super flattering. It's disgusting. But like, I, I guess I was like, it's a picture, not video, but I was like still kind of like tapping it with my thumb. Like it was a phone and it was a banana. So, you know, you, you just think your spouse can't surprise you after almost 10 years. And it's not true. And okay, that, That's really funny. It's very on brand of you too. Just like an actual physical pun to <laughs> fruitful sleep. Thank you. you. You look so peaceful. I'm so happy for Are you. you? <laughs> it's a terrible picture, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> What's up with you? Shad? I love it. Well, I was just going to say, um, every time Greg's on a call with us while he's in the office, he has his gator mask on around his neck. And I always think it's a turtleneck for a second. And then I'm wrong. Imagine um, that. So I wore a real turtleneck. I know it looks Not nice. Confused. It does. Thanks. You look fabulous. But I was thinking too, instead of the the faux turtleneck, I was thinking bandana, but that might be like too Western, you know? Could I pull a bandana off? That's a little totally. hipster, like Justin, yeah. but I don't know about you. Thanks. I think you could, Greg. There's only one way to find out. You should just try it. Yeah, we'll do it next week. <laughs> I'm glad you think I'm a hipster. I'm wearing men's clothing. I guess, yeah, I'm a hipster. Well, if you guys want to appear on next week's show, we have an opportunity for you. If you have a grievance to air or a spicy take to share, anything you want to get off your chest, our phone lines are open. So you can visit call.marketingoclock.com and leave us a voicemail. And if it is good and very relevant to the content of the show and about digital marketing, we will play it on the show. And I hear we have some great voicemails this week. Yes, we do. And it's very digital marketing pack. So let's get to the first one. I believe it's from our stats and information guy, aka your husband, Shep. Hey there, Marketing O'Clock. It's your local stats and information guy calling to discuss some of the stats and information that's been shared over the past couple of weeks. I'd like to talk about my car situation and the loose change. It was used as an opportunity to get better trade in value. And I think that worked in my favor. The uh, Phantom of the Opera story I'd like to refute. It's a story about a guy who just peers out from behind a mirror. It's a little creepy in my opinion. He's a stalker, and I'm not about that. And finally, from our friend from Steel Panther, I loved the song. I believe that it's now created a passion for me. I'm going to start my own parody band called Tin Kitten. So be on the lookout for that. And finally, National Singles Day, there's two specific dates. One is February 15th. That's National Singles Awareness Day. And National Singles Day just passed. It was Wednesday, November 11th. Thanks for all the marketing news. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Also, I'm going to go He's stats great. and information on him because he said over the past few weeks, it was like a half year ago when we talked about him being too scared to go watch Phantom of the Opera. That's true. We were in quarantine. 
It was definitely before his last voicemail because he regretted not saying it last time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was completely useless. Thank you very much, stats and information guy, for that call. Okay. Well, actually, on to some digital marketing. I have one correction from last week. We talked about the search off or search on the record podcast where we talked about canonicals. I said it was Martin that talked about it. It was Gary Martini Buster. I give him like the assist on that flub because he wrote about it like that. So I was checking it. Martini Buster wrote that too, but it's been changed. So Gary had said that it was not Martin. And remember, you can still get a ticket for the SEJE Summit. You can hear us live. And there's a LinkedIn group as well. There's a lot of people in there. There's going to be some good discussion leading up to it, probably after. So head on over to Marketing Clock to see it in the show notes. And we will see you on LinkedIn. Today's episode of Marketing Clock is brought to you by Upfluence. With Upfluence's all-in-one platform, marketers can streamline their influencer marketing campaigns and scale their influencer program in no time. Build influencer lists and contact them at scale, keep track of all your collaborations, and measure your campaign results all in a single platform. Start streamlining your influencer marketing campaigns today. Go to get.upfluence.com forward slash SEJ to get started. That is get.upfluence.com forward slash SEJ to get started. We'll talk about Upfluence a little bit more in the show, why it works, and why you can't afford to market without it. All right, now to the main news here. Core Web Vitals are becoming ranking signals here in May 2021. So May 2020, we learned all about page experience and how it would become a ranking signal for Google in the near future. It's what Google perceives, that users perceive, are the best experience for the web. How heavy of a signal this is, is debatable. I think Glenn Gabe had it great. We'll throw it in the show notes if I can find it, where he broke down, or maybe we'll retreat it if we can find it. Uh, kind of the tiebreaker. Like, yeah, if you've got two sites that do well, and if one has a faster cumulative layout shift, yeah, maybe that's a tiebreaker. But should you show something because it has a faster first input delay? Like, it's not that major. Um, but in case you forgot, those core web vitals really have to deal with loading, interactivity, and visual stability. So they are the largest contentful paint, which is that loading aspect of it, the first input delay, which is the interactivity, and then the accumulative layout shift, which is the visual stability. So you want your site to be fast, to be able to work quick, and then not you know jiggle around really quick when you pull it up. Um, and this is important. You should take heed with this. Use Lighthouse or use the tools that Google gives you over on web.dev, but also make sure you're doing you with your website because you can get these good scores all you want, but if you have garbage content or you take, you strip everything out and you get rid of all your images and you have the fastest site ever that doesn't have any shift at all, but it doesn't convert, who cares, right? Like the goal isn't to get a green score on your vitals, but get a green score with your customers. And Google is one part of the pie to know. Like, yeah, it could be a tiebreaker, but is it that important? No. How do I know this? Well, what would you say is probably Google's biggest product? Maybe their flagship phone, the Pixel 5. So I went through and I took the Pixel 5 page 
And I ran it through PageSpeed Insights to see everything that's going on. And on a score of 100, their flagship phone, maybe the most important product that Google has, got a 14 out of 100. It that's failed. Yeah, it's low. <laughs> it, it did a bad job on it on that page, but it's probably doing a good job selling Pixel 5s. Or, I mean, if you've seen a Pixel 5, maybe not. But they aren't necessarily using this for themselves. So all these things that are enhancements, if it works for you, do it. Good, great, grand, wonderful. No yelling on the bus. I don't care. But make sure your pages convert for you. And we have some news from Facebook's Rob Leathern <laughs> again. Who is it? Rob Leathern. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah. Leathern. I feel so bad for him. Like he's just always the bearer of bad news. Like he must just send a tweet and just be sitting there waiting for the responses to roll in. I don't okay. feel bad for him. He deletes tweets when he, he was calling out TikTok before and he was deleting tweets. Oh, I didn't Ooh. know. I didn't know that. Oh, I have the receipts. I have like the receipts. <laughs> Okay, well, on still has a hard job. <laughs> yeah, he does. Rob tweeted, there was a technical issue that caused some Facebook ads and ad accounts to be mistakenly disabled. We identified and resolved the issue within a couple hours and access should now be restored. And he says some, it feels like it was basically everyone. Like so many accounts are disabled. We we have this one poor client. We do like organic and a little bit of paid stuff for them. And they're like really weary with any ad spend. And I got them to do a boosted post that day. And all of a sudden their ad account was disabled. And I had to be like, I'm so sorry. This is nothing we did. Like Facebook just willy nilly with these disapprovals. It's insane. And across the board on Twitter, everyone is like, ah, no, no. No. And I know we talked about this before, but the first thing I always think of is the Social Dilemma movie where they're like, everything's so complex and you've got these people in this algorithm trying to target people. And then it's like, like, you know, when you've got those, those recipes that go poorly. Like, Nailed so, it. Nailed, nailed it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, what you think, like there's people talking about the algorithm and then <laughs> IRL, it's just everybody shut down for no reason. So yeah, so people think Rob is like the guy behind the puppet strings in the social dilemma. And really he's just like, <laughs> he has both hands tied behind his back. It's terrible. But I got to give him credit because a lot of people were responding there like, we were disapproved and we're still disapproved. And he was responding to a lot of people and saying, DM me. So I don't know if he followed up, but that was a good look. I liked that, Greg. I, I asked him a question and he followed up before. So oh. again, I think wow. he's got one of the toughest jobs out there. But yeah. He really does. Could you imagine if this happened Thanksgiving week when they're all on vacation? Well, it probably will. And there will be no one there to turn the ads back on. That's the other piece of this. They're all going to be not at work. Yep. And why couldn't this have happened two days before and all the political ads got disabled? Just saying. That would have been That'd a lot be nice. I, I wonder why, probably, because <laughs> they lose a lot of money. Well, yeah. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for getting everything back in order. Well, hopefully everyone's back up by now. Fingers crossed. Did the did the portal service go down or was it just ads? Get out of here. You just wanted to say that word. You don't care using that. Oh, everybody. You're yeah. still advertising it. On Larry, TV. our listener does. Yeah. yeah. Power listener, Larry. <laughs> oh, all right. Last stuff here in the main news, and I don't even know if you would call this news in and of itself, but it's an important article for our listeners out there that are on Team Paid from Danny Goodwin on Search Engine Journal. 
The article is 10 important PPC trends to watch in 2021. And he says, here are the top 10 PPC trends you need to know for 2021 from paid search to paid social to remarketing and beyond, according to 32 experts. Only 32? Only 32. Yeah. But spoiler alert, one of those 32 is our very own Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. Way to go, Shep. Yeah, girl. There are some pretty awesome people on the list. So I was just, you know, it's an honor to be nominated. Yes, you're in very, very good company. There's friend of the show and guest Julie Bikini's in there, Kirk Williams, aka PPC Kirk, the lovely Aquila DeFazio, who we know and love, and it, one, two, like 28 others, I think, are in there. So <laughs> <laughs> lots of stuff. I don't want to spoil too much, but Shep in particular talks about the importance of diversifying beyond Google ads, which as fans of our show know is really something you should be doing already. And there's no need to wait until 2021. And we'll expand on that as we always do later in the show. So please keep listening. But the article does cover everything from new social opportunities to automation to disappearing data and more. And the thing that I picked up on, I don't know if you guys did, there's sort of like this unspoken theme there about being human among all of the technology and advancements that are happening and our audiences also still being humans. So our industry is always changing. And I feel like that, you know, that fact never will, right? That it's humans, unless of course, aliens land here in the next month, which I'm totally not ruling out at this point. (laughs) Beautifully put, you should be one of the 32 next year. Thank you. Now I'm just an expert on humans and, and whether or not we're alone, I guess. But I don't know, Xbox is out there telling people not to blow vape smoke into their gaming consoles. So if aliens come, like I won't be shocked. There's still plenty in 2020. Did you guys see that? Someone no. shared it in Slack today. Really? But I'm going to start vaping and f- blow vape smoke all over the aliens. How about that? I think that they would just be like, oh, this planet smells like cupcakes. We should stay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Xbox thing. I don't even understand. They're, they must have been getting more than one customer service request about how to fix it. But it turned into this whole thing. Like they, they shouldn't have to tell you that, A. And then B, somebody followed up and brought in Hot Pockets. They're like, so I shouldn't use my Xbox to keep my Hot Pocket warm. And I just, that blew my mind. Like there's too much, too much going on that Hot Pockets came up again. It's wild. Anyway, trends for PPC 2021. <laughs> Aliens are coming. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. And this week's take of the week comes from Susan Wenegrod by way of social Savannah on Twitter. Savannah Sanchez, and she is the social Savannah. And Matthew Bertrulli, M. Bertrulli on Twitter had asked, who is the best at Google shopping? Looking for recos, that, that, that. Most people said PPC Kirk. And social Savannah said, not sure anyone can be the best at Google Shopping. Set up the feed, turn on Smart Shopping, and let it ride, sailboat. That's a little scary. I, I know there's a boat there, but I don't ship this. Because if you are <laughs> trying to do shopping, Smart Shopping is like a part of shopping, but it can be YouTube, it can be display, it can be anywhere, it can be remarketing. I'm not a fan of blanket advice in general, but this advice is especially poor because in my opinion, there are levels of shopping. If you've got one product, sure, try smart shopping. If you've got something you really need to move and are trying to find different audiences, yeah, test smart shopping. If you've got lots of products, tons of SKUs, you 
need somebody to actually work those feeds and get things going. Turning on smart shopping could be the worst thing that you do. And you might not even show up for shopping as the majority of the time. So anyway, it caused a huge controversy on Twitter. We'll link on over Kirk Williams, friend of the show and buy his book. And he's got a new book, Ponderings of a PPC Professional Amazon, five stars. One of those came from Greg Finn, who really enjoyed the book, but go check it out. And there'll be a link in our show notes. He had a, like a five pay, five tweet thread on why you shouldn't just blanket use smart shopping. I chimed in as well. But here comes the take of the week. And it comes from, I mean, we're stands at this point, right? Susan E. Dub, Susan Winograd on Twitter from oh God, Search Engine yeah. Journal, Nextiva. I don't think she knows about us, but that's still fine. She says, PSA. Smart shopping is not a strategy. And it reminded me when Mark was on the show covering, I think for you, Jess, and he had said, that's numbers, not analysis. And like, yeah, you can't just say that's a strategy to run smart shopping across everything. And then it went on to a whole other thing. So to me, there's only one true blanket statement that there are no blanket statements. That's it. That's all I believe in. All right, done. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is just something you might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I, people. We have a Twitter thread here that was started by James Sopovida on Twitter, at Realicity. And he says, how's Google Ads close variance change going since September? Here's an example of conversion rates we're seeing from an e-com client with a 10 plus year tenured account. And he has a chart here with broad match modified and exact match conversion rates from this account. And he's comparing the first and second quarter to the third and fourth quarter. And broad match modified is just not performing as well at all. It looks very sad. So he says, time to kill broad and phrase match, maybe dot, dot, dot. And then a lot of people were responding, responding to this and Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92 responded and she said, I paused all BMM and phrase match for a B2B client and it's getting the best performance ever. Obviously, this can't be a blanket statement for all accounts. Ooh, another blanket statement. <laughs> and then- A non-blanket Andrew, statement. And then Andrew Wolk at Andrew Wolk replied, he said, best practices are horrible. In your case, it makes perfect sense to kill BMM. We have a case where it's smarter to kill search and just run smart shopping in three countries and reduce our fee while they rebuilt their new website. You don't see that in a blog post. So kind of just echoing what Greg just said, you can't just make these blanket statements and give the same advice and act like everything is going to work for anyone. And best practice should just be a bad word. I hate it. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Upfluence. Upfluence's all-in-one influencer marketing platform helps marketers streamline their campaigns and take them to the next level. Shep, why do you love Upfluence? So one thing that we, we're just always learning new things about Upfluence, and we actually learned something new this week from Jill on our team that they have a Chrome extension that you can use. So not only is it the search engine for finding influencers and you can log in at any time, add any filter you want and find the perfect match for your brand, but you can also, if you're on someone's social profile on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, 
you can actually use this plugin to look at their metrics in real time and you can see engagement information, when they're posting, how many followers they have. Um, it'll come up with like a stream of their posts and the different platforms they're on. So there's a lot of information to dig into there and you can, you know, stumble upon someone in the wild too and get access to those upfluent stats without actually searching for someone if you stumble upon them in the wild. So love to see it. We were excited about finding that new feature this week. And you can start scaling your influencer marketing campaigns today. Just go to get.upfluence.com slash SEJ to learn more. And getting into the paid universe this week, we have a story from at PPC Yoda, aka at PPC Kirk, <laughs> aka Kirk Williams from the Zato marketing blog called Read This Before Using the New Customer Acquisition Goal in Google Smart Shopping Campaigns. Greg touched on this a little bit before, but my mind was blown by this story. So we reported on this new customer acquisition goal in Google Ads when it was released. And it was, we were at home. It was sometime since March. I don't remember that there is no time anymore, but basically you could optimize smart shopping campaigns towards this goal. And Google ads would supposedly optimize your campaign specifically for purchases from new customers and smart shopping campaigns are really scary. If you haven't tried them, they basically give you no control and no data, but a lot of people thought this goal sounded like something really cool and that maybe it made smart shopping campaigns worth a try. Well, Kirk has some juicy scoop here that I hadn't really thought about before. I'll read a quote from the article. He said, he says, smart shopping campaigns do not reveal how much traffic they are sending to remarketing lists versus not remarketing lists. So just remember when you're looking at performance of these, they're for new purchasers, not new site visitors. Like these are people who could have items in their cart and be ready to purchase. And it's basically just remarketing people, but smart shopping can optimize towards them because they're technically a new customer. And I thought this seems really criminal and I'm just waiting for a HBO documentary about it. Do you think he's gonna use a Yoda voice in that documentary or be his, his Kirk voice? Oh my God, he should totally use the Yoda voice and he should do like a blacked out screen. Like if he wants to remain anonymous, I would love like, that. With the ears, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> we need that. Yeah, so this is just a mini must-read marketing article. I would suggest everyone check it out if you're using Google Ads. He also talks about how smart shopping campaigns inflate conversion values, and my mind was blown, so check it out. I had a problem with this. We had this one product that we couldn't really sell. We had to move it, and it, we're like, let's test a smart shopping campaign. And we couldn't attribute revenue to this campaign the right way, and it's like this shows that it's working in Google Ads, but we can't find this actual data in the back end. And it's just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like the fact that you can't see where anything shows. You have no data, you have no keywords, you have no placements. It, again, if you care about control, you could be 100% Breitbart with your placements on this. You don't have any, any option and you can't even know, which is the crazy part. So as smart as they are, it seems like there's a lot of dumb in here. I love it. A lot of <laughs> and next up from Ginny Marvin at Search Engine Land, a new report shows a drop in Google's reported search terms seen across devices and ad formats. Yay. So not it's not just a drop, you guys. I left out a special word from the headline. Does anyone want to take a guess what it what kind of drop this is? Pl I bet it wasn't drop, it was plummet. Nope. Jess. Um unreported. It was a significant drop. 
and she put significant in quotes. <laughs> so I don't know if she did that on purpose, but I love it because Google said they were going to hide significant search terms and nobody knew what that meant. Now we've got the significant drop, but we actually know what it means because the report has numbers. We need to get Ginny's head on Nick Cage's body because she is a national treasure and she is leaving Search as a Land and just going buck wild. I love it. We're going to miss wow. her. <laughs> so this is from a performance agency called Tenuity. They always just have the most fun names and I love it. And they are looking at dozens of large client accounts and they found that there was a significant drop, their words, not mine, in the share of spend attributed to search queries across ad formats and device types. So they have a report for both text ads and shopping ads, and they break it down by device for August and September for which, how many search queries were showing. And it's like a big drop across the board. We've all seen this lack of data in our accounts, but if you wanna see aggregate numbers of how this is happening, we have it up on the screen. Check out the show notes. Things are down significantly, I would say, across the board. And next up, we have a story from Megan Graham at CNBC. Spotify has entered into agreement to acquire Megaphone, a podcast ad company, which offers technology for podcast publishers and advertisers seeking targeted slots on podcasts. Sounds great. Makes sense. I'll believe it when I see it because we still haven't gotten the Kim Kardashian podcast that we were promised in June, her true crime podcast. I'm still waiting. It was true crime? I didn't know that. I thought it was well, like criminal reform. You know, it's all true crime to me. Or, I, criminal reform. I thought it was prison reform for criminal, like nonviolent I mean, criminals or who something. Who goes to prison? Criminals, unless they're wrongfully convicted, which then it, it wouldn't I'm sure be true. Go into as well. So it's, yeah, it's like the anti true crime. Yeah. False but crime. It's true crime. It, Ooh, it I like that, Jessica. How'd you come up with that? <laughs> Math. And now on to our new segment, Beyond Google Ads, because guess what, guys? Google does not care about you. But we do. So I wanted to talk briefly about Microsoft LinkedIn professional targeting this week, because I feel like this was really overshadowed. It came out the same week that Google like dropped all those terrible news stories on us. Um, but it's actually like a cool thing. So I want to make sure people are aware of it. LinkedIn profile targeting is available for search campaigns, dynamic search ad campaigns, Microsoft shopping campaigns, and audience targeting campaigns. You can use it to target industries, companies, or job functions listed right in people's LinkedIn profiles as they're searching Mike Bing or the Microsoft Audience Network. So the audience campaign part, I'm pretty sure when this news was announced, they weren't compatible with that, and now they are. So that was the first thing that people should definitely look into. And the other part about this is it's a little sneaky you can't find the audiences in the audience tab. It's in campaign settings under target category. So it's where you do like device bid adjustments and ad schedule. And these are never gonna narrow your audience. Um, so you don't actually pick a targeting setting, but you should think of it as bid only or observation in Google ads, not target and bid. And your ads will show to people outside these audiences, but you can bid up or down on them. When you add them to your campaign, Microsoft always adds that 15% or positive bid adjustment. I don't know why they do that. So just be aware. And because these aren't technically audiences, you can't see performance in the audience tab, but you can run a custom report to see breakdowns of the industries, companies, or job functions you're targeting. 
So there's a lot to dig into here, but I just wanted to make sure people remember that that news did finally drop because we were waiting for it for so long. So long. And that is it for paid. What's happening in organic? Goodbye, Google Webmasters. Hello, Google Search Central. Google Webmasters is changing its name because, quote, very few web professionals identify themselves as webmasters anymore. They're more likely to call themselves search engine optimizer, quote, SEO, online marketer, blogger, web developer, or site owner, but very few webmasters, quote, end quote. And the funny thing with that sentence is, how did they describe them? They said, very few web professionals. Like, then, okay, so web, pro- so that's what you're calling it then? No, it's going to be called <laughs> Google Search Central. So Google Webmaster Central will now be Google Search Central. Um, there's 13 or so blogs. They're all going towards Search Central now. And the really big news, I think, here, at least, Jess, I think you're really going to like this one. The Google bot mascot is getting an upgrade. There's going to be a sidekick that's going to crawl into the picture. And it's a little spider. He's so cute. They said, when we first met this curious critter, we wondered, is it really a spider? Time out here. This is me talking. You made the critter. You told somebody to make the critter. You You told a designer to say, make a spider. You didn't wonder, is it really a spider? No, you said, make a spider. Okay, so, Google really said this. Like they're talking this is, about this. This is actually in the, the in their blog. This makes That's me so happy. So, <laughs> it's so insane. This is again. It goes back to the, the fact that nobody's a grown up anymore. Anyway, they went on to say, after some observation, we noticed the spider bot hybrid can jump great distances and sees best when surrounded by green light. We think Googlebot's new best friend is a spider from the genus Philippidus, though it seems to have bot like characteristics. What's with Who the green light? That? Is that a joke? I don't get that. It's it's a North American spider species. It And here's the funny thing. It is a jumping spider. It doesn't put webs out to get food. It's, I don't know. I don't understand. They're just trying to like make some justification for this thing. How do you know about the spider? Definitely it's knows it's from the spiders. article. I mean, I looked it up and it was like, I don't understand this. None of this makes sense to me. I feel like I'm generally good at, at understanding things and this doesn't make sense i want to know how many internal meetings there were about this they don't Some use webs to crawl spiders. they use they jump they're jumping north american spider they don't use webs to crawl but it's the sidekick and so then so they did this insane justification it's like just make the spider look more like a web spider like 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 somebody that makes webs but no they chose a jumping spider which is insane and they're using it for their new Search Central, which they said is for web professionals because nobody uses the term webmasters anymore. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm in a simulation in some, like I'm, I'm like a, a, a test subject all the time. Anyway. This is one of my favorite things to happen this year, I think. It's, it's <laughs> positive news. The green light, my theory with that is the core web vitals, red, yellow, green. It sees best if it's green, so maybe it's a bigger signal. than Unless it's on the think. Pixel 5 page. <laughs> anyway, they went on to say, Googlebot's been trying out new nicknames for the little spider bot, but they haven't settled on anything yet. Maybe you can help. And I've got a good idea. I know that sometimes a web is kind of like a net, and then what is the number one thing that Google cares about? And that's why I Writers, want to call it money, net profit. 
So we're going to call this little fella net profit here. Unless you could, do you have any better names? No, I don't care about this spider. Why does anyone care? <laughs> I have a better name. I saw you had an N and a P in here. So I was thinking Nicholas Page. Cause he's like, he's jumping around. And why, why Nicholas? <laughs> like Nicholas Cage. Nicholas oh, Cage. Oh. <laughs> and Nicholas Cage love loves it. green lights. He loves them. <laughs> loves it. And Tyrannosaurus Rex bones or whatever he collects. All right. Next up from the verge, there was a survey that Spotify put out that describes at least four possible subscription podcast plans ranging from $3 to $8 a month. The cheapest plan would include access to exclusive interviews and episodes, but would still include ads. The most expensive plan would have high quality original content, early access to episodes, and no platform inserted ads. And none of this includes the music. So y'all are like double diamond certified Spotify payers. Would you add on podcasts to your music subscriptions? No, because I already have it and they shouldn't charge me more for something I'm already paying for. Yeah, they're free. That's garbage. No, they're three All to $8. Right. Three to $8 for your Kim K podcast. That's pro- what if it comes out and you got to pay three bucks for Kim K? Um, no, I think they're trying to be like Patreon with this and I don't subscribe to anyone's Patreon. Yeah. Is this per podcast or is this like the Spotify podcast plan? Oh, it, all yeah, of it's, them. it's all, all of the Spotify ones. And I subscribe to po- podcasts on Patreon, surprisingly, but not, not Spotify. Yeah. I wouldn't, I mean, it would have to be someone really good. Maybe for the Kim K one, if, if somebody told me it was good and I got a recommendation, but I mean, it's free right now. They're like taking stuff away. Basically. I'm mad. I don't like that. It's like when Netflix was like, oh, you want discs in the mail? I'm going to charge you more all of a sudden. Oh, Flickster. Get them for free. Yeah. Flickster. I love that. (laughs) All right. They changed their name to Flickster and everybody rioted. And then they went back to Netflix. I don't remember that. I miss that. (laughs) Netflix was digital only. Flickster was mail and it was whole thing. Anyway, keeping it over on the verge here on November 11th, YouTube went down. Singles day. Across Mm. the world but it's now fixed. I have hypothesis that Shep just ruined. <laughs> and it was single day. Everybody was over on YouTube. <laughs> oh, what was the funniest quote that we saw from singles day? Cause I didn't know it was actual holiday. Like I thought it was the day after Valentine's day. Like you thought, and it's actually yeah. a holiday. So I'm going to pull out. QVC had a sale. You say QVC. that like you're proud of that Shep. What was in the sale? They, the today's special value was ten, uh, six 10-ounce steaks. That's a lot of steak for one person to eat. Yeah, but then they didn't they say, like, share it with your BFFs? Like, it's not BFF day, it's singles day. Like, you're alone. Yeah, you're, like, not allowed to. Like, you, like literally can't. Like, this, like, the CDC came out and said for Thanksgiving, like, bring your own turkey. Like, that's, like, you're not allowed to share steaks. All right, and just one, one note on singles day. Katie and our team talked about this and she said, singles day is November 11th and it is a holiday in China. It is a commercial holiday that helps single people show their pride in being single. It started as a pagan to being single where solo students at China's Nguyen University chose November 11th because 1111 looks like a group of sticks to celebrate rather than lament being partnerless. Wow. So- there's too sad. many. I think too many people are lamenting being partnerless on Singles Day and crushed YouTube. And speaking of Katie's too, when I was at the dentist today, 
can you guys work listening to music or no? Yes. You yeah. can. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's the right music, I can. But if it's a lot of pe- a lot of vocals, I can't. And I was thinking, these dentists don't have a choice. And this one dentist was chiseling away on my tooth. And Katy Perry Firework was playing. I'm like, you're a firework. And I'm like, is she hitting to this? Like, is she banging away at my tooth to this song? And it's like, these poor dentists don't have a choice. You have to listen and work with music. Do they let you pick your music? My dentist does. You can put on whatever channel you want. So that's even worse. Like you have a choice, but they don't. And oh my like, gosh. Yeah. You, my- the, the, the right answer on that is whatever you want. That's the right answer. <laughs> I used to go to a dentist with a TV and I said, you can put on whatever you want. I don't care. And it, he put on fear factor. Oh, like <laughs> let's eat some spiders while I clean your teeth. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was literally one of the food ones. Like I would, I would never watch that show. Yeah, Fear Factor and dentistry doesn't really go hand in hand. It was like the worst <laughs> no. twenty minutes of my life. <laughs> well, anyway, you can wipe that clean because everything is back on YouTube. It was only a November eleventh problem, but you should probably mark that down if you see a drop in any plays. It's a YouTube thing across the board. Next up from Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable, there is a video on Google Search Quality Evaluators and Raiders. And I went to go look at it, but it actually was Singles Day and the video didn't work. So you'll have to go over there and check it out yourself. Um, And (laughs) speaking of YouTube, we'll keep it over there. And Matt Southern from Search Engine Journal has an article talking about YouTube revealing new details about its algorithm and how it has a bunch of content on the suggested next videos. So a few main points I wanted to pull out here is that YouTube doesn't make assessments about a channel as a whole based on the performance of a video. It's based on the video, which is kind of interesting. They said there's no limit to how many videos can be recommended to a given viewer from a channel in a single day. The channels can upload as much as they want and it won't hurt the recommendation performance. So the number of views a video receives comes down to viewer preferences. And external traffic is definitely a factor that influences YouTube's recommendation algorithm. So should you embed? Yes, you should. And external traffic can help get a video shown in the recommendation section. But once it's there, and it still has to perform well with viewers. So I thought this was a great help from YouTube. And go check it out if you want to see it. It's in our show notes, marketingclock.com. And from Kevin Indig. He says this statement where he was looking at the volatility of featured snippets. At the beginning of the year, I invested over 100 hours in analyzing two huge data sets to understand the impact of zero-click searches and SERP features. I mean, if you invest that much time, we can invest 60 seconds in talking about this, right? So the main points are that more featured snippets tend to appear in mobile than desktop. The degree of featured snippets in the SERPs and the keywords vary based on your country. The Google showed a lot more feature snippets throughout 2019, except in the UK and desktop devices, which is weird. So all you across the pond, you're not featured. And most countries and devices show feature snippets on five to 10% of SERPs. This data came from Rank Ranger and SEMrush, aka SEMrush. So that data does range from 2008 
18 and 19 on SEM rush and 2019 on rank ranger. So you can expect those numbers to keep going up. And now with the coming of passages here, Kevin may need to invest 1000 hours next time around. All right. <laughs> Thanks. And over, we'll keep it over here on search engine roundtable. Bing doesn't know the weights of ranking signals. It's all machine learning. So Barry covered this, that they said they know what matters, but they use machine learning to actually choose what impacts rankings. And Glenn Gabe summed up best as he always does, BFF the show at Glenn Gabe on Twitter. He says, this is a great video from Izzy on Fire and Melodonis where they spoke with Fakan about all things Bing. Some great nuggets of info there. That point about machine learning is incredibly important to understand. They're not setting the weighting. The machine learning does. Oh, wait, we just got another call in. Let me just see who is on oh, the line here. Let me check quick. Hi, this is John Henshaw. I'm leaving a message for Greg uh, Finnan. Um, anyways, I didn't ask for anchovies on my pizza, so I'd appreciate it if uh, if Greg could remake it uh, without anchovies and and uh, and deliver me a new pizza. Thanks. All right. Honestly, I guess again- how dare you, Greg? <laughs> Anchovies are disgusting. Anchovies are fine. They're really healthy for you. It's good. The good fat, as they say. Sorry, John. I was just looking out for you, buddy. But you can see one of the favorite. This is my John Henshaw shirt where on our show, he said, the best few years, I didn't learn anything. (laughs) Why have I never seen that before? (laughs) It's a marketing clock shirt. It was probably our best marketing clock interview. And he said, I should put that on a shirt. So we did put on our shirt and we'll link over in the show notes to John. And you should also subscribe to Koi Wolf. You find things like Apple making a search engine before the Financial Times announces it. And John's a great person and also works over at CBS. So he really knows his stuff. All right. We just had to include it. He left a message. Got to do it, right? It's but, nice. Yeah. And then show me a good for you, Shep. How dare you? What is the point? The salt? People like them because they're salty, or people no, like no fish on their pizza. Can. Plus, <laughs> all right. Well, rounding it out here, we've got two last stories here. So, Google's John Mueller said that on Twitter that having an XML sitemap file is a minimal baseline for any serious website. And over on Search Engine Roundtable, Barry says that in twenty nine. In 2011, the same person said that small websites really don't need sitemap files. I love it. Barry just can fact check anything off of his head. He's like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> 2011, you said the opposite. But you should have a sitemap and most major CMSs have that. And lastly, power listener on the show, Andrea Cruz, at Andrea Cruz 92 found a different font in the SERPs. The URLs were bold. So if you want to see that, show notes, marketingclock.com. That's it for Organic Chess. What is happening in social? All right, first up here in social, it looks like someone at Facebook just took video 101. The platform is testing new motion effects for still photos, AKA the Ken Burns effect. So Matt Navarra shared an example of new effects on his Twitter, and we can pull up the video for those of you watching us on YouTube, or we'll have the link in the show notes if you want to see it and you're listening to us in pod form. It's just, if you don't know the Ken Burns effect, it's just like a move the picture, just like kind of like- Like the PBS guy? I don't know. He's the Civil War guy. He's got all the Civil War videos. Would you go to school for video or something, Jess? Doesn't everybody know that? Ken Burns? It's like a thing. 
Now, th- now I just sound like a snob. Is it the same Ken Burns who watched it, made the documentary about the Roosevelts that I've fallen asleep to probably like 300 nights? I'm sure. He's a documentarian. Yeah. He, I don't know. He moves. No, that's not us. how you pronounce it. It's <laughs> documentarian. Documentarian. Yes, I think he's American. <laughs> he's Dracula, if you go by my impression. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I kind of laughed at this when I first saw it because it seems like something my mom is just going to overuse. Like it's just slow animations of videos. But from a marketing <laughs> perspective, like I guess it could help mom. you stand out. I know. She's not listening, though. She's not your mom. <laughs> I don't know. It could help you stand out for better or worse. I'm not sure. It's, I like options though. I guess it's cool to see. Some people see it. Some people don't. It's just a test right now, but. No, that's why I got rid it. of the Facebook app. People like think they're, again, they're Ken Burns or they're, they're Michael Bay. It's like, no, you put a fake <laughs> 360 Bay. app on, on a photo. It's not 360. It looks like garbage and I don't have your app anymore. Bye. Yeah. I mean, check out Matt Navarro's example. It's Reminds me of PowerPoint. It's lovely. It's not his fault. Okay. Some TikTok users have spotted a new learn feed alongside the following and for you options in the app, encouraging users to quote. Question. Yeah. Was the learn about the alphabet? <laughs> what? Why? Because they're so young on the app. Yeah. <laughs> no, hopefully they already know their ABCs because the children on TikTok can actually explore a feed of fun and formative videos across science, art, cooking, and more. So maybe the and more is the alphabet. <laughs> so, yeah, get out of it. My, my kids started watching some Netflix show. I forget what it is. It's like Rachel's Netflix show or something. And it's this woman. She's really good. She's doing it. She's pregnant, just like chef here. Yes. Oh. And so the funny thing though, my kids always come up with these ideas and like, here's what we need to do, dad. We need to get sheet metal and we need to make, I'm like, what on earth are you watching? And I like, like to watch that show. But they're like, what is the name of the show? I think I said it wrong. Rachel's Discovery Lab or something. Okay, yeah. And I'm like, sheet metal? Are you? How much sheet metal do you need for something? And what are we, welding? I don't even, I can't even weld. Like, And they're like, it's aluminum foil. So now at our house, we call it aluminum foil sheet metal. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's incredible. Your kids, though, would ask for sheet metal, your children. Yeah. All right. Also on the learning front, the fine folks over at Snapchat have released new certification courses in a program called Snap Connect, which drills deeper than the high level Snap Focus training program that they launched earlier this year. The naming on that seems kind of backwards to me, but I'm not here to judge. Snap Connect. That's all you do is judge. (laughs) I mean, I did just judge. It's backwards, right? You want to Snap Focus should focus on things and Connect should connect you at a high level, but they did it wrong. If you ask me, I'll be honest. Anyway, the Snap Connect courses cover how to effectively promote products in three major areas, mobile gaming, apps, and e-commerce. So if that's you, give it a look. The courses and the associated certifications are completely free, which is always nice. If your product or service is more of a LinkedIn fit, we have something for you too this week. Quote, the ReadMe series by LinkedIn is a trilogy of essential guides that will equip you with insights into our platform, its features and functionalities, and how you can best leverage these to achieve your marketing objectives. End quote. A trilogy, people. LinkedIn's words, not mine. And I like, move over, Lord of the Rings, right? No, I think ReadMe is about to squash Lord of the Rings on the billboard charts. This sounds riveting. (laughs) That's music, not movies. Whatever. It's not going to happen is the point. It's a fantasy, just like Lord of the Rings. All right. 
Just in time for the holiday season, Instagram is playing with their nav layout. According to a screenshot shared by Taylor Holiday on Twitter yesterday, they moved the heart nav icon up like top next to that paper airplane where you can access your DMs and down where the heart used to be, they tossed in a shopping link. And I, I wanna hate this on principle cause it's sneaky, but that's why I love it. The marketer in me is applauding that genius. Like where do people click the most? They wanna see who loves their content. That's where they click. Now they're heading to shopping, kind of smart. So I don't see this in my Instagram yet. So it could just be a test or slowly rolling out. But Taylor did also note and shared a screenshot of a similar update in the mobile nav for Facebook with shop to quote him smack dab in the center. So they're, I, they're pushing for this. I did see it on my phone and did it you? was just in time for the Taylor holiday season. Oh. How did I miss that opportunity? You went there. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Don't worry, I don't miss. <laughs> Something else not to miss, just kidding. Twitter is working on a feature that would issue a pop-up warning when a user attempts to like a tweet that's been labeled as misinformation, not to stop it from happening, but just to kind of slow your roll. And there's I misinformation know, on Twitter? I didn't know that. There's lots. There's misinformation everywhere. Guys. Not from major accounts though, right? <laughs> None. Never. No, the example in here is from a guy I've never even heard of. So check the show notes for that surprise. <laughs> I want to know though where this feature is like in real life. If people are trying to buy the National Enquirer or any of those tabloids, like there should be a pop-up. Like this, this may not be true. Celebrity gossip. You just have somebody there. You pick it up and they just slap it out of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't need this. Yeah, maybe, I guess maybe we don't want that, especially you can't touch people now. So Do you, when I was a kid, I was fascinated with Bat Boy. Do you remember that? Bat Boy from National Enquirer? No, no. I was fascinated. Was Every time I'd see Bat Boy, um, National Enquirer, I'd use any of my savings and I'd buy the magazine about Bat Boy. What is Bat Boy? Um, you'll have to look on YouTube to see. Yeah, but I'm sure we'll put he'll in the have show some pictures. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. No, it's amazing. <laughs> Finally, here in social, WhatsApp adds disappearing messages for more intimate, private chats. Just gonna pull a Forrest Gump here and say that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, don't say intimate on the show. Okay. <laughs> and that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I was trying to update bids in the still kind of new to me Microsoft advertising platform this week. And I realized that the delivery column where it usually will say like if a keyword has a below first page bid or if it's eligible and running, if your campaign ran out of budget for the day, that entire column just says campaign out of budget and you can't get any information about your bids. I don't know if it has it in the editor, but online they don't. And I think that hardly works. What about you, Jess? Fair enough. Mine started off as a hardly working just because I was mad about it. I know I've talked before about how you can create custom metrics in your reports in Facebook ads. So we have a client where we have some reporting and we lump all of the conversions together just to get them a total number. And I had created a custom metric for that. They now have a new conversion type that I wanted to add in. And I was going to say hardly working because you can't just edit this. But then I really sat and thought about it. Why would you want to edit a metric? Because then the if you look at historical data, your numbers will be kind of skewed. So I'm going to call this working hard, the fact that you could just very easily duplicate the custom metric and edit it, but that way your historical data is still what the metric was at the time, and you have to create a new one going forward with the changes. It actually makes a lot of sense. So thanks, Facebook. How about you, Greg? 
mine is from Christoph Trapp, power listener of the show that doesn't want to be called power. So a uh, non-power power listener of the show. We were on his fantastic podcast, Business Storytelling Podcast. Jess and I were. We were live and it is coming out, I believe, on podcast form in December, but you, you can check it out, authenticstorytelling.net. And Christoph was talking about how with many of the ways that he chops up his shows, he gets really good engagement and specifically on reels on Instagram. I don't like reels personally, but Christoph has an example of Jess and I talking. It'll be in the show notes and it had some really good numbers just because it was short, sweet, to the point on reels, thousands of people watching it just because they're pushing reels. So chop up that content and test it out for yourself. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. Okay, so this week's WTH, I want to say in the beginning, it was nominated by Greg, and I think we're going to have different views on it. I think I nominated it. Oh, you did? Unless I think we both have did. different views from both of you. I know I did, but we, we may both have. Okay. So L'Oreal Paris introduced its first line of virtual makeup for social media. Their signature, signature faces, augmented reality filters are available on Instagram, Snapchat, Snap Camera, and Google Duo. And L'Oreal's integration with the Snap Camera desktop app lets users wear its virtual makeup during video calls on platforms, including Google Hangouts, Google Meet, House Party, Microsoft Teams, Skype, Twitch, and Zoom. So this is an article from Mobile Marketer. And I don't think this is such a terrible idea. I th you guys must. I think it's just like really late. <laughs> It's really lame. Late. Like nobody's lame. going on Zoom for fun anymore. Like back when everyone was like so desperate and they were like, oh, we're going to do a Zoom happy hour just for fun. Like I think it could have been kind of fun to put on makeup, but now it's like everyone's over it and I don't want to get invited to like a Zoom ladies night. It sounds like my worst nightmare now. I'm over it. And nobody's going to do this for their work calls, which is the only reason anyone's on Zoom anymore. See, I think it could be a good idea. And I just put a link over to the official site in our chat so you can check it out. My problem is these are like anti-makeup. Yeah. They're like anti-product. There's an example of somebody that looks like they have bees nests on their eyes. It is another person has bubbles. And it's like, I get it. If you're like, use this, this is what you normally do. It's makeup. We're going to try this. Here's a new product. Here's a new color. Try this out. But you look like you've got, like, I mean, it honestly looks like gold dust all over your face. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a little avant-garde. That's fine. My biggest problem with it is, like, the video that they made, the promotional video for this. The makeup is, like, not where it should be on the ladies' faces. And I would have rather them just lie and, like, put real <laughs> makeup on and act like it did a good job, like they do with hamburgers and TV ads, rather than, like, show me this lady with lip gloss half off her lips Is have you ever free yeah okay so that's stupid too because they obviously invested a lot of money into this is going to make them none zero have, dollars have you ever seen anybody with literally gold doubloons like <laughs> across their eyeballs like what are we doing and how is that going to help you sell stuff like you're just making funny filters at this point it's not makeup based. like if it was makeup based and you could try a new product i'm all in 
but you got bubbles going across your head. Yeah. And the quote, I, I don't know if this is an exact quote, but it was something like wearable only online. Those are words I don't need in my life. I don't like. I'm with you, Jess. You know what I mean? I just, plus like the video too. They're all just like, hmm. yeah, it's the video. Nobody's so doing that weird. on a video chat. Like we're not they're doing like, that so right now. so serious. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you look great with your doubloons, Craig. Yeah. Thank so you. we all hate it for different reasons, but we all hate it. Sounds like. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. All right. This week's cool tool is Core SERP Vitals. And this is from Chris Johnson or at Defaced on Twitter. We talked about Core Web Vitals earlier in the show. So if that is something of interest to you, pay attention now, kids. Core SERP Vitals is a Chrome extension that displays the Core Web Vitals from the Chrome User Experience Report right in the Google search results. So it's handy for seeing how you stack up against other folks that you rank with in the SERPs. And it is totally free. You do need a key for the Chrome UX Report API, but that's free too. And there's a link to generate one right within the description for the tool on deface.dev. So it's free and it's easy to get. If you want this puppy, you can head over there to deface.dev or search for core SERP vitals directly in the Chrome web store. As always, we will also have the link in our show notes so you can very easily check it out. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Andrea Cruz, power listener Andrea Cruz, at Andrea Cruz 92 on Twitter from the fabulous co-marketing blog. And the post is called A Guide to Cure Ads for B2B Marketers. And in this guide, Andrea covers targeting options, secondary targeting options, the four Cura ad placement options, the four types of Cura ad formats, Cura's advertising terms, Cura ad's weaknesses, and then recaps and summarizes everything nicely. So if you're interested in it, if you're B2B, check it out. Thank you, Andrea. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Influencer marketers, it's time to ditch the spreadsheets. With Upfluence's all-in-one platform, run your influencer marketing campaigns from start to finish in one place. Build influencer lists and contact them at scale. Keep track of all your collaborations and measure your campaign results all in a single platform. Start scaling your influencer marketing campaigns today. Go to get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J to get started. That's get dot upfluence.com forward slash s e j to get going today welcome to this week's shooting the heck we're after our famous friday news show we don't talk about marketing anymore we just shoot the heck okay so this week's category we don't know if we're using the technical term we just had a five minute conversation about this <laughs> it is your favorite 
everyone's favorite game. It's a draft. It's not a game. And it is your list of the best five computer animated movies. So basically, we just mean Pixar and Shrek, right? I don't have that as my number one. No. Okay. Well, the point is, it's like, it's not like classic animation. It's like the newer. It's not drawings. Yeah. But I think, okay. We'll talk about it later. You get it. (laughs) Everyone keep track of your own list because I'm terrible at moderating games. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes. What is your first pick? I want Monsters, Inc., please. That is a wonderful choice. Ooh. My favorite. Okay, I'm going to go next, and I'm going to take. <laughs> just leave me with the scraps here. Well, you just this is a snake draft, right? right before. This is a snake draft, right? It's always a snake draft. All right. We never know what that means. It's I'm going to take case. Toy Story 1. Okay. So it's my turn, so I get to pick two. And I am doing a little bit of game theory here, but I'm taking my number one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh no, that's drawing. Now I that know is why all you did computer this. animated. That's not that is, fair. I have okay. that on my drawing list. It so is not drawing. So there's no way that. you could do that. Just nobody could draw that. No. So now I understand that? why Greg changed the rules. This is just well, about I didn't that change theory. the rules. That was first on my list, and I took it out. No. <laughs> How could you think that you could do that by hand, Jess? Because they have like the Porky Pig Spider Man in there, and they drew Porky Pig by hand for years. They did that on a computer. You, you could do anything on a computer. Okay, well, too bad. You lost it, and I got it. And then second, this is just to spite you, The Nightmare Before Christmas. No, that's claymation. Yeah, that's you claymation, don't get that. Greg. That's different. No, no it I'm says it's animated, not no. animation. Mm-hmm. I have that. Okay, no, chap, it's back to you. Com- I'm sorry, I'm the boss. That's not a computer. That's They move the things. Yeah, then you could put Gumby in here. No way. No way. You're you fired. You cannot pick no. that. I'm so angry. Okay, okay, fine, fine. I'll go Cars 3. How about that? Are you making fun of my husband? (laughs) No, I like Cars 3. Cruz Ramirez. Do you know we got um, Disney Plus and I walked downstairs the next morning and he was watching Cars 3. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not scary to be fair to him. But like, why is that your first choice when you have the whole Disney catalog? Have you ever seen Cars 3? It's good. It's It's really good. good. It's okay. great. You're right. It's not good. It's great. I'm going to take a movie that actually is good, and it's called Coco. Oh, is that good? Cars 3 is better than Coco. Oh, Jess, you couldn't, you'd cry the whole time. You I couldn't know, watch it. I know, but I love Mexico. And watch it and cry. <laughs> okay. okay, Jess, what's next? Um, I want, I don't know if this counts. You guys can yell at me. I want that original, like one of the, I don't know if it's the original, but the, the short, I think it was before Toy Story with the lamps. The mama lamp and the baby lamp. Oh, you're taking a short. Can wow. we have that one? Yeah. Okay. We didn't say anything about length. Okay. I want that. Okay. I'm going to take up. Oh, no. I'm sorry. You're going again. I am? I'll pick another one. I want another short. I want the short with the birds on the wire. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> what is happening? All right, Shep. What do you got? Up. All right, I'm surprised you didn't try to steal mine. I just gave it away. I've never seen it. I don't want to cry. Oh, it's really nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to pick what I like, and I'm going to go with Zootopia. Great flick. Oh. You guys ever seen it? Once. Yeah. It's okay. Just okay? I like it. I like the little rabbit. I like the fox. It's nice. All right. And lastly, 
just a Coco. I hear the robot movie's good. I didn't take Coco. Also, you get five. Don't you only have four? No, I have three right now. Yeah. So this would be four, not lastly. I thought we were doing four. Let's oh. do four. This is going long. <laughs> <laughs> Make it good. All right. My last pick, I'm going off. I'm taking Jess's scraps here. And I'm going to go with Monsters University. Mm, that's Pretty a good awesome. One. Love it. The, the, I love it when they hit those things and they all get like all puffy. It's great. So that's my last pick. All right, Shep, back to my you. My final pick is The Incredibles. It's an incredible <gasps> film. Oh, that is really good. And mine are all Pixar. All right. So I get one more. <clears throat> I wanted Ants because it's funny and kind of adult, but I am going to take the original. <laughs> You know, you remember Ants? It came out at the same time as A Bug's Life. Only it's like, yeah, nobody watched it. it. (laughs) I watched it like over quarantine, but I'm not going to pick it. I'm picking the original Schitt's Creek, which is Over the Hedge featuring Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy as hedgehogs. And that's a movie? Mm -hmm. I think Bruce Willis is in it I didn't know they were both in it. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Okay. So Jess, what's your lineup? You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I started strong with Monsters, Inc. Then I have two Pixar shorts. I got the one with the lamps and then the one with the birds on the wire. And then I'm rounding it out with Over the Hedge. Okay. Nobody would ever pick a short, so you lose. (laughs) I have Toy Story, Coco, Up, and Incredibles. Really good list. (laughs) And I have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, number one. Nightmare for Christmas, Cars 3. Zootopia and Monsters University. Okay. You do not have Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) And we will see you next week. All right. I thought it was good. You guys got crushed. (laughs) Oh, I didn't have time to prepare real. Nobody wants to watch up movies. Nobody actually likes up. Nobody likes it. You don't like Up? It has the, the best guy. soundtrack. This isn't a soundtrack show, Shep. Okay, it's a wonderful movie. And Jess, shorts? They're good, though. They're memorable. What, do you want me to pick Ants? Toy Story was taken. Finding Nemo's cliche. Like a Moana or something. I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh, I didn't even think of it. How about one. Trolls World Tour, you psycho? Because <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the soundtrack show, and that's all that I know. <laughs>